Welcome to Season 4 in Wonderworld Book Cafe, where in fun-sized episodes, I serve up all things books and stories. I'm Susan Taylor and delighted to spend a tidbit of time with you to share middle grade and young adult books. If you're like me and recommend books to these audiences, pour a cup of tea or a vanilla latte and listen in. I'll provide enough information to help you decide if a book is right for you or the young readers you serve. However, I won't give away all of the details just in case you're interested in reading it too. I'm nestled in at Wonderworld Book Cafe with steam rising from my cup and of course a book on my lap. Thanks for joining me today in the cafe. In this pool, I'm a swordfish. I'm a mermaid. I'm an underwater speed demon. And this demon is about to take Beto down. Too bad, so sad. Meet 12-year-old Nat, only five pages in, and readers can already feel her spunk and confidence shining brightly. Always looking for ways to earn some money, she wins the $10 bet she initiated with Beto, who just happens to be her brother's friend. On episode 58, Wonderworld Book Cafe features Barely Floating. This 229-page middle-grade novel with a fierce, spirited girl is written by Liliam Rivera. She has received a couple of starred reviews for Barely Floating. If you're interested in starred reviews, I'll give a brief explanation at the end of today's episode. 12-year-old Nat practically grew up in the community pool in Los Angeles, California. She's quick, witted, and tempered. Her temper doesn't usually serve her well. For instance, when a guy at the pool continues to pester Nat's cousin Sheila for a date, well, Nat punches him. As a result, she's suspended from the pool. But let's go back to before she was banned from the pool. One day, the LA Mermaids, the city's only Black-owned synchronized swimming team, gave a demonstration of their work. Nat had never heard of or seen such a sport, and she was impressed. With her mom's constant conversations with Nat about class and body positivity and her disdain for something even as simple as lipstick, Nat knows that her mom will never approve of her desire to be part of the synchronized swim team. So Nat secretly tries out for the team, hoping that if she does earn a spot, maybe her parents will allow her to join and perhaps her, peer, her peers will see her differently not the quick-tempered girl that they know her to be. When it looks like Nat can be part of the team, she carefully prepares a formal presentation. Well, of course she does. PowerPoint and all to persuade her parents to allow her to join. Their answer is a definite no. Even though Nat's mom is constantly marching or protesting for people and their rights, and even empowering Nat, her parents assure her that this sport is too body conscious and it perpetuates stereotypes. Nat feels this disconnect between her parents' actions and advocacy for others in their community and then the decisions that they make on her behalf. Despite her parents' decision, Nat goes on and she does join the team. She meets new friends. She loves the makeup, the costumes, the glitter, and she says she knows synchronized swimmers are mostly thin and white. And she wants to prove that she can be beautiful and graceful in the water too. Unfortunately, all the time Nat spends with the swim team causes a rift with Joanna, Nat's longtime loyal friend, 
who isn't on the team, rather she's babysitting. With an intermittent father and a mom who lost her job, babysitting is one way that Joanna can help with the bills. Nat is trying to juggle her failing friendship with Joanna while participating on the swim team on the sly. Even though she feels guilty about both situations, she loves synchronized swimming and her new friends too much to stop. I hope this quick snapshot into Nat's life is enough to pique your curiosity. If you read Barely Floating, you'll find out if Nat's parents find out about this new important aspect of Nat's life, if Joanna and Nat can mend their relationship or not, and so, so much more. I'd like to mention, Nat deals with constant comments and sidelong looks related to her body type, with plenty of remarks about her being fat and clearly not looking like the stereotypical synchronized swimmer. Additionally, there is a big family rift when Nat's aunt kicks her daughter, Nat's beloved cousin, Sheila, out of the house for being gay. This is especially difficult for Nat. On to wondering who may be interested in reading Barely Floating. Even though this is centered around swimming, it is so, so much more. Nat is one determined girl. Any reader following their own passion or challenging societal norms will enjoy meeting Nat. Some reviews suggest Readers of Starfish by Lisa Phipps will enjoy this story too. When I learn about authors, it always adds another rich layer to the story. Liliam Rivera was a synchronized swimming mom. This sport, by the way, is now called artistic swimming. Rivera says she wanted to write about a character who is grounded in what she believes and lives in a family that's so outspoken, politically active, and all about community. And yet, they still have their own blind side when it comes to their own children. I really wanted to explore that aspect of growing up in that kind of environment. Rivera has indeed accomplished this goal here and has earned several starred reviews. Congratulations and thank you for a story that we need. On these pages, there's so much to love and appreciate. Barely Floating offers several jumping off points for rich conversations body positivity, dealing with big emotions, anger management, activism, acceptance, and challenging societal norms. Nat wants to find a healthier way to handle her temper, and she is open to trying new suggestions. Plus, I learned quite a lot about synchronized swimming, now called artistic swimming. As always, I'm happy to include a transcript in the episode notes, where you'll also find other resources related to the book or to the topic please rate this little podcast. Your stars are even better than sending a vanilla latte my way. Thank you, Coquila, an imprint of Penguin Publishers, for an advanced reader copy of Barely Floating. I used an uncorrected text to create this episode. We can connect wonderworldbookcafe at gmail.com or follow on Instagram. If you're still here, here's a quick explanation of starred reviews. Starred reviews can be given from six different journals. The Bulletin of the Center for Children's Books, Hornbook, Kirkus, School Library Journal, Booklist, and Publishers Weekly. Booklist and Publishers Weekly gave starred reviews for Barely Floating. Starred reviews are treasured and rare and are the most prestigious distinction an author can earn. They are not reserved only for children's literature, though. 
These starred reviews are not to be confused with um, those with readers like me who often rate books via the one to five star scale system on various platforms. A few ways these journals describe a book that is given a starred review include superlative books, an unbiased indication of truly outstanding quality, top of the top, exhibiting extreme merit, a book of distinction, rare. In fact, Kirkus states of the nearly 10,000 books they review annually, a Kirkus star is given to approximately 10%. Earning a star review certainly helps with book sales, placement on shelves, and more attention. Thanks for hanging around for this simple explanation of starred reviews. Thanks for spending time in Wonder World Book Cafe. I hope you can create time to cozy up with your favorite beverage and a book this week. Be curious and wonder. The world needs the light that comes from a world of readers. Thank you.